Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 12 of Revelation chapter 13, and we're going to be reading verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We were discussing the first part of this verse in our last study, concerning all that dwell upon the earth will worship the beast, because their names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. And that is the figurative book that God refers to from time to time in the Bible that is the book of life. That It is as though God wrote down the names of the certain people that he intended to save and whose sins the Lord Jesus Christ paid for. And he did this before the world began. We know that he predestinated the elect to salvation before the world was. And Christ died as as the Lamb, as it says here at the end of the verse, from the foundation of the world. All that was necessary, all the works were accomplished at that point. And of course, this teaching gives God all the glory. Man has contributed nothing to salvation. He has contributed nothing to being born again or or to having his sins forgiven, if he is truly one of God's elect. Well, we're going to look at the last part of verse 8 in Revelation 13, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. And, of course, we know the Lamb is a reference to Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, identify Jesus as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And Christ is called a Lamb because lambs were sacrificial animals that were offered. And God required the offering of animals as a vivid illustration of what Christ had already done before the world began at at the foundation of the world. And then the Lord Jesus, eternal God, entered into the human race when he was born of the Virgin Mary to further make manifest and to reveal, to show forth in a very dramatic way through living a life amongst men, being a man amongst men, yet always maintaining that he he was God and God in the flesh. And so as Christ lived out his life, especially during his period of ministry, and finally with the climax of going to the cross, it was showing forth what he had already done before the world began. And uh, the Bible is clear about this. We didn't know this. No one knew this until... 
the time of the end, just relatively recently, God opened up this information. It had been sealed. We can gather because at the time of the end, um, the Lord had said to Daniel, seal up the words till the time of the end, and then knowledge will increase. And a great deal of knowledge did begin to come forth during the Great Tribulation and now into these days after the tribulation, the time of the end. And part of that information was the knowledge that Christ did not pay for sins at the cross, but his life and offering of himself at the cross was a tableau. It was making manifest, just a historical instruction to us of the spiritual reality, the the fact that he had died for sins from the foundation of the world. And, and now we can see it clearly without any doubt or question. We read, for instance, in Matthew chapter 25, in verse 34, and uh, this is within a parable of the Son of Man coming with the holy angels and the parable is because he's dividing the nations as the sheep and the goats and and um, it's picturing individuals that are speaking to him and this had not yet happened. And in verse 34, it says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And the kingdom of God, eternal life, the salvation of sinners was all prepared once Christ bore their sin and paid for their sin as the Father poured out his wrath and Christ died. Remember, Revelation 13.8 says the Lamb was slain. To be slain means to be killed. Christ died from the foundation of the world. And that made preparation. That was all the preparation that was necessary, all the works that would be uh, required for the salvation of these elect people, these sinners that God had determined to redeem, to make them his people. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, In Hebrews 4, this statement, it's spoken matter-of-factly as many scriptures are, yet it's just a single verse, and yet it says volumes, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The works of salvation and the uh, work of faith that the Lord Jesus performed was finished from the foundation of the world. All the works that would be involved in saving these people were completed. They were finished. They were done. There's no more to do. I I don't think God could say it any clearer. He did the works 
that were necessary to obtain salvation for um, perhaps as many as 200 million that he would save out of the whole of mankind. He paid for their sins. That is the work that is in view. Remember what we read in James chapter 2 concerning works. In James 2, it says in verse 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Now, we've gone through this before. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but just to uh, let it be known that the man who may say this is Christ. And and he is speaking to those that profess faith. So he's talking to professed Christians. And we have a world full of them. There's about two billion in the churches that profess with their mouth. They are Christian. They They believe in God. Okay. Well, here Christ is, as it were, speaking to the professed Christian who is not Christian indeed. And again, in James 2.18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Christ is the man, and he's saying of himself, He has works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. And what works were they? They were the work of taking the sins of, of, of this enormous number of people and bearing them and dying for them as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Because Hebrews 4, 3 says the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I have works, this man says, and uh, you know, um, there can be provided several examples in the Bible where God, the Lord Jesus, just identifies himself as a man, especially in the book of Jeremiah, and here he's doing it again. A man says that he has works. Well, the Bible says those works that Christ has were finished from the foundation of the world. And we won't continue in James 2, but but that's the whole point of that passage, that people say they have faith, and they think they're saved, and yet they lack the works, not works of doing good deeds, not works of obedience of to the law. That doesn't justify anyone. The emphasis in James 2 is... There are works that justify. Abraham was justified by works. Rahab the harlot was justified by works. And, of course, the snare that God laid there is people think it's their own works, or Abraham's own works, or Rahab's works in receiving the spies. No, they were justified, like all of God's people are justified, by the works of Christ. And that's the works that were finished from the foundation of the world. Well, we'll go to one more verse um, in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 9, and I'm going to start reading 
in verse 23. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since, and and the English word translated as since is a translation of the Greek um, preposition apo, which is translated from, in Revelation 13.8, lamb slain from the foundation of the world, and, and then must he often have suffered from the foundation of the world. Now, in these verses, God has just told us point blank. He has made it crystal clear when the suffering of Christ, when the offering up of himself took place. How many times did Jesus offer up himself as the sacrifice for the sins of his people? Well, once, one time, and that's part of what the Lord is saying. Christ did not need as earthly high priests as the priests of Israel. They had to continuously do it year after year after year. Every time the Day of Atonement came around, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies and he offered animal sacrifice. That's the blood of others. It was the blood of animals. And, and yet it never um, truly appeased the wrath of God. So it had to be done the next year and the next year, down through history, down through the centuries that Israel was a nation and had this relationship with God. And And God is saying, now look at the high priest and look how often he must perform that sacrifice. And the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was after Melchizedek, the Lord uh, emphasized the difference in the priesthoods earlier in the book of Hebrews, and he also emphasized that Christ's priesthood after the order of Melchizedek was a greater priesthood. And Jesus, as the high priest of his people after the order of Melchizedek, had no need to repeat the offering. His offering would be done one time only. Only once in payment for sin, in satisfying the law's demands, and and completely offering up the sacrifice that would be acceptable to God and and therefore God could forgive all sin of his elect. One offering only. When did it take place? God told us in verse 26. Uh, let me read verse 25, though, once again. Nor yet that he should offer himself often 
as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered from the foundation of the world. All right, let's pause. Pause. I know some people still struggle with this, but slowly think. God is giving us the point of the offering. It was at the foundation of the world, which agrees with Hebrews 4, verse 3. The works were finished from the foundation of the world, which agrees with Revelation 13, verse 8. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And here, God is saying, that is the point of the initial offering of Christ. And if he were like the earthly high priest, then he must often have suffered from the foundation of the world. That is, he did it then, but like an earthly priest, he'd have to do it at the beginning of the world. He'd have to do it maybe every year thereafter, or he'd have to do it every hundred years, or he'd have to do it in 33 AD, or he'd have to do it another time, at least, often. Keep doing it, like the animal sacrifices. It didn't take, it, it didn't satisfy the law of God. God is still angry, but that is not the case. He does not often have to do it from the foundation of the world. Because his offering of himself at the point of the world's foundation was acceptable. It was that which God was pleased with. And it was that which did take away the sins of his people. Well, you see how clear it is? You see how God just laid it out for us in that statement. But then he goes on to say, in the next part of Hebrews 9.26, But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And this is what causes the confusion. And people think, oh, there's the one time. There's the one one time Christ appears. No, no, not to pay for sin, This is telling us of another instance in which Christ will do it only once. Basically, this verse is telling us sins were paid for from the foundation of the world, one offering forever. But also, Christ entered into the world. He appeared, and this is um, the Greek word, it's Strong's... 5319, that means made manifest. One time he pays for sin, one time he makes what he did manifest. And, and there is the problem with some. They're reading this manifestation of Christ as though it were the point of the payment for sin. And that is not what God is saying. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says in verse 18, I'll start reading in verse 18, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold 
from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. There he is, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. The Lamb that was slain, when? From the foundation of the world. Now look at verse 20, after identifying Christ as that precious Lamb, the Lamb with the precious blood, who had no spot or blemish. It says in verse 20, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Yes, that's when the payment was made. But was manifest in these last times for you, for me, for the child of God. Christ came into the world to make manifest. I would, I would really recommend looking up this word, make manifest that is translated as appeared in Hebrews 9.26. It is a very interesting Greek word. I'll just go to one other place where it's found in the fourth gospel, John chapter 7 and verse 4. And, and this is uh, Christ's brethren who are speaking to him. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly, If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Show thyself, or to show, is the translation of the same word, to make manifest, to appear. And you see, God, from the foundation of the world, did these things, and it was in secret. Who who of us were alive? No man was alive. We weren't even created. There was no world. It was hidden from us. It it was done. It was finished. The works were accomplished from the foundation of the world. Christ gloriously um, paid for the sins of his people. He died. He rose again from the dead to be declared the Son of God. But who knew? And it's only as we read the Bible that we get insight. And yet, It was God's plan to send the Son to bring Jesus, eternal God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, into the world in order that he could then show forth. He could show what he had done. He's revealing. He's making it manifest. The hidden things, the secret things, the things that man could not know. And he's doing it in a way through a historical parable in living it out. This is what I did from the world's foundation. I died for my people and I was crucified. I, I was hanging on a tree. That is, I was accursed for you and, and the law was satisfied. Because I did this for you. And that's the wonderful truth of the gospel. That is the gospel. And yet some people, they're hung up. Oh no, oh no, I know what I'm reading when I'm reading the gospel accounts. There Jesus died. I see it. I can read about it. Yes, you are reading it. You're reading of the time 
he was made manifest to reveal the things he had already done, and when he did them, there was no man. And so his own arm brought salvation to us, and he gets all the glory. And and as the song says, to God be the glory, great things he has done. And he did them, all of the things, all of the works, before the world began. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.